the Fox Force 5 podcast. I'm Kelly Crichton and the next voice you're going to hear is the lovely Nicola Murphy. Hello Nicola Murphy. Hello everybody. I feel like I'm half the woman that I used to be. <laughs> well you are in some in some senses. <laughs> How are you Kelly? It's been a while since we got together on the old podcast. I feel like uh, mm. I had a bit of withdrawal going on but it's lovely to be back. It's lovely yeah, to be back. Yeah, get, we'll, today is our episode to get back into the swing of things, so bear Indeed. with us. <laughs> episode 10, we're in the double digits now, so it's all all good. But um, yeah, it was um, a busy couple of weeks and um, we have... Yeah, sorry. I was about to say, about to say you have some uh, big news that you might want to share with our listeners. Yeah, I've gone over to the, the podcast side permanently. Uh <laughs> So it's quite a long and complicated story, but um, listeners will have heard me mentioning before that uh, we lived in Edinburgh for a long time and my husband is Scottish and I have just become, um, well, I've just got a new job as a podcast producer. Thank you. Working with a team based in Edinburgh. So uh, yeah, working remotely initially, but then I'm going to be moving there in the next couple of months and yeah bringing my little family over there we will of course really 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 miss Ireland and totally miss you and all the family very 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 much and that's the hardest part of it but Fox Force 5 won't be ending we will continue we will go international it's just more of an excuse for holidays to Edinburgh so you know (laughs) I feel like it's more of an excuse to do the podcast too because it just means that we'll be spending that time together every week and yeah, uh, exactly. It'll yeah. be nice because I suppose, you know, we started this in lockdown and we couldn't see each other in lockdown. And I suppose there'll be a body of water between us when we're doing it yeah. in future. So there's that element to continue, will continue. Yeah. So. And I can share, I'll share the Irish perspective on things and you can share the Scottish the perspective Scottish. on things. We can go on international <laughs> audience. Exactly. We have a few listeners in Scotland already, but yeah, I think predominantly it is Ireland, but excited about all the change excited about the new job like it's it's going to be really really cool working with the uh, jpi media who are uh, sort of a media company that own lots of websites and newspapers in the uk and Very more recently cool. have kind of branched into podcasts and the company is called laudable podcasts the team that i kind of sit with so yeah really excited about that and lots of different types of content so i if you Very follow me on cool. twitter you'll hear me harping on about stuff but we'll be doing Fox Force 5, my total passion project in the Woo. in my spare time anyway. So, yeah, there you go. So that was our big news. But yeah, so how have you been the last couple of weeks? Good. Um, do you know, obviously, this has just been the bank holiday weekend and I got to go home and see everybody and... Just have a surprise wondering. engagement party yes yay the family <laughs> uh, it was our first time properly together i suppose since we got engaged last year so uh <laughs> they did very good they had lovely posters and kelly got us a cake with our faces on it and everything <laughs> with me and jared's faces on it and it was just so lovely it was actually a, a total surprise because we didn't expect anything but it was um so nice and it was just so nice to see people over the weekend as well family mm-hmm. and friends and you know it was funny kind of like reflecting on it now because people have still gotten on with their lives you know like mm. called to one of my friends she's a beautiful new house 
met one of my other friends who had a baby a few months ago and hadn't seen her since you know all this like lovely positive life-changing stuff is still ongoing although we were in the midst of such negative stuff you know so it was so lovely honestly it really warmed my heart drank too much booze the usual (laughs) probably (laughs) put on half a stone as well but it was just so lovely and yesterday we got to go to the pub and have a few drinks and some food that wasn't cooked by me and wasn't a takeaway and oh it just felt so nice it's amazing how much it felt like normality though after like six months of not being able to do anything you know do so. you find that it's it feels easier this time to get back into it that you have like less fear mm-hmm. or less kind of anxiety about re-emerging like I've I was I've had quite a bit of anxiety I think around re-emerging yeah. back in like this time last year and then in December again or sorry not December yeah. it would have been October yeah I, I was quite like ooh crowds whereas now I'm like give me the crowds <laughs> yeah you see I think in December we were all really worried about bringing stuff home with us to our yes. parents and things mm. like that and mm. now that they're vaccinated and obviously everybody's currently you know going through the vaccination process and stuff I think the edge is gone that really scared feeling is kind of gone yeah. you know thankfully yeah. so I know I was like a doctor water anyway with a few margaritas <laughs> yesterday <laughs> Oh God, I cannot wait for a espresso martini. Yes, I had one of those too. It was glorious. The homemade ones just don't match up. Oh my God, looking forward to it. So yeah, well done to Mammy Murphy. She threw on a right spread there on Saturday. We had all the gang together. So it was lovely. Loads of food and drink and great crack with the kids. And the weather was pretty good. Uh, Mm. Only problem was I got bitten to shit in my right leg. Oh, but no. that's, that's me they love and you they love you and you get oh, that they from love me we always get bitten to bitsy poor things but my mom normally does as well but i rang her yesterday and i said are you covered in bites she's like no and i said like, oh that's why <laughs> <laughs> i was like the decoy for the all the bites but um yeah i get bitten no matter where i go i just forget to put on any like repellent in ireland unfortunately but um, no, it was a lovely weekend and Happy I actually season. got to see some people as well and a new baby and all that. So, oh God, it was just lovely. Um, mm. As you say, it's weird, yeah, because you're like, oh, life go- well, life has been going on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> look at these updates. Strange, yeah. um, but no, it feels good. It feels really right. So long may that last. And yes. the weather's not been bad and stuff. So, and it's supposed to get better. So, yay. Yeah, heat wave this weekend. Roll on the sunshine. You'll have to tell us before the end of the podcast what new element you're purchasing for your garden. Oh, at this God. Stage. Maybe if we can finally get the heater working after uh, <laughs> owning well, it now for four months. <laughs> well, our mother pulled out that gas heater she got for my 21st, which is like, we'll say, more than 15 years ago and yeah, yeah it's it worked i couldn't believe it i know it was yeah. unreal i'd say it hasn't been lit for about 15 years unreal yeah i was like you're yeah. taking note now this is how it's working <laughs> this thing is like 20 years old nearly massive heat <laughs> off it as well it was one of those you know tall ones with the kind of tops on it yeah. the gas ones mad and then we had a huge fire pit going as well which was brilliant but um no, it was just it was just fabulous it was so nice and and yeah really grateful to see everybody in the family and be able to give mom a proper cuddle and all that too it was mm-hmm. just so nice you know not to, to have that worry anymore so yes long may it last but a fabulous weekend and uh yes so just uh you know i'm gonna have a glass of wine now to help me through this <laughs> go for it girl go for it i wish i'd known i would have brought one as well 
Um, and my other half, Stuart, got his first vaccine. Yeah. That's vaccination. <laughs> Sean Connery's vaccination. Vaccination on Saturday. So that's amazing. And yeah, they're getting getting closer to my age now. A couple of my friends have had it. So I am yeah. delirious and excited about that. Like, give it to me, baby. You know, so yes. hopefully the next week or two we'll be there as well. So I'll go. It's all good. Um, so listen, we better get started. And we're going to kick off, as usual, with number one. One. So it's June, and that can mean only one thing, Glastonbury. Oh wait, no, sorry. <laughs> it's not this year, not last year, God only knows when. It's June, in other words, it's Gay Pride Month. So there will be lots of events going on around the country, especially now we have some freedom. But I wanted to talk a little bit about the background to Pride and how this month of celebration came about originally. So Pride celebrates sexual diversity and does so with great colour and a party atmosphere and many Pride events and parades have become a part of the annual calendar around the world. It's also known as LGBTQ plus Pride. Happens in June in most countries around the world but it originated in the USA. The first gay Pride parade took place in 1970 to commemorate the Stonewall riots which happened Mm. on the 28th of June in 1969. And actually just on social media there you know there is this kind of narrative at the moment about don't forget what gay pride is all about you know yeah, it's what not the just real messages because i think yeah. a lot of companies really commercialized it haven't they you know with the yeah. branding of everything basically in june totally but remembering the kind of history of the whole thing yeah yeah there's been some really random corporate things and you're like really yeah. <laughs> you know that have adapted the rainbow flag and stuff like that and you're like oh god um, so yeah there is a bit of criticism of that sort of um, corporate hijack of the whole thing yeah. but yeah. that's a little bit why I wanted to talk about the origins of it today so maybe not everyone knows so um, as I mentioned the Stonewall riots they were a series of demonstrations by members of the gay community in response to a police raid on the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village in New York up to this point in history, gay people had faced extreme discrimination and were often segregated or marginalised. The bars that catered for the gay, gay community were often run by organised crime groups like the Mafia. Being gay still very much meant hiding this from society at large. In the late 60s, there was a lot going on in America and the civil rights movement had built up a lot of support. Similarly, the anti-Vietnam war movement and the counterculture movement in other words, like the hippies and all that, Mm. of the 60s meant people were seeing that there were other ways to live and everything didn't fit neatly into the boxes the government expected them to. That's the kind of America when we think about the land of the free. You think of that place where all these amazing Mm. movements started, you know, and where in the 60s they started to say, you don't have to live in this particular stuffy way. You can live any way you want to. And it was like the American dream, isn't it? Mm, Absolutely. It's changed so much. But uh, anyway, so when police raided the Stonewall Inn, the customers and members of the local and, local and gay communities fought back. This tension carried over the next couple of days and more protests took place. In addition, activist groups began to form with the intention of creating safe spaces for gay men and lesbians to be open about their sexual orientation without fear of being arrested. The Stonewall riots are considered to be one of the most important events leading to the gay liberation movement. Christopher Street Liberation Day on the 28th of June 1970 marked the first anniversary of the Stonewall riots with an assembly on Christopher Street with simultaneous gay pride marches in LA and Chicago. These were the first gay pride marches in the US. Each year and after that, more and more cities staged marches up to the point 
of Stonewall, gay campaign groups had focused on presenting people as just like everyone else, whereas mm. Stonewall allowed gay people to be themselves. And that's why many see it as the birth of the gay liberation movement and gay pride on a massive scale. Within two years of the riots, there were gay rights groups in every major city in America, as well as Canada, Australia and Western Europe. In 1978, the symbol we have all come to recognise as that of gay pride was first flown the rainbow flag. Parades became very colourful and celebratory, focusing on the positivity and pride of being out of the closet, but often encountered protests in the early years. Over time, particularly in the 80s, the spread of AIDS and the social and political issues affecting gay people became central to the parades. The first gay pride march took place in Dublin on the 27th of June 1974, when 10 men and women mainly members of Belfast Gay Liberation Society and Dublin's Sexual Liberation Movement, picketed the British Embassy in Dublin. The oh. first large-scale event took place in 1983, following the murder of Declan Flynn, who was a gay man in a homophobically motivated attack by five men. They have been held annually since 1992. I didn't know any of that until I researched Wow, this. that's so interesting. I never had heard that, which is terrible mm-hmm. <laughs> that we've never heard that. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah. Some, well, like I, some, I, I mind about the Irish story. I knew about all the, the Irish story. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'd Irish be interesting story. if if someone did a kind of a profile of gay history, you know, or yeah. a series on gay history in Ireland. Mm. The theme of this year's Dublin Pride is community, and there are various online events happening across the month, culminating in a virtual Pride Parade on Saturday, the twenty sixth of June. And you can go to DublinPride.ie for more information. This year's Cork LGBT Plus Pride Festival is back to their usual slot on the August Bank Holiday August, weekend. Yeah. I know you've helped out with that before with work and stuff, Nick. And it's a good day out, isn't it? Um, Great day out, yeah. And yeah. I was in Dublin a few years ago too and I actually couldn't get over the scale of the Dublin Pride mm. Day. Like, it was absolutely crazy. It was, it's bigger, like, it's the same as the St. Patrick's Day Parade. Like, mm. I couldn't get over it. It was mm. amazing day though. And it's why not? There's probably a hell of a lot more to celebrate yeah, celebrate in terms of LGBTQ plus rather than St. Patrick. But, um, yeah, cool. You know, it was so. fabulous. If it, and next year, hopefully, everything can go ahead again. And you never know, Cork might be alright in August, who knows, mm. by then. Let's well, all think, be positive. <laughs> yeah, I think they're hoping to have a, a, a hybrid event, you know, so a mix of online and... Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, so that runs from the 24th of July to the 1st of August and they will be releasing their full programme of events at the end of June. So check out their Facebook page. But there you go. I, I probably Very gave you enough information there to like gleam one or two new things, but not enough that you'll have to go <laughs> off and do yeah. some more research yourself. But I just thought it was nice to point out that there's more to pride than just the party and uh, the story behind it is absolutely um important and inspirational. So there you go. It's very interesting. Thank you for that, Gail. I learned a lot, so thank you. Yeah, okay. Moving along, here is number two. Two. So this week, um, well, we've had a lot of entertainment stuff over the last few weeks and I thought, obviously, because we weren't here last week that I might touch on it, although it's old news now, but still, I think we have to talk about it. Did you watch the Friends reunion? O-M-G. <laughs> I actually had it in my notes for us to talk about it at the end of the show if you didn't cover it, so I'm so glad <laughs> you've brought it up. Okay, go on. Yeah. No, no, I just, but have you, did you watch it? Yeah, you did actually I watch it. I loved it. I, yeah, so did I. I was I a bit like, it. oh, I thought it was a, I know. an episode. And then I yeah. found out a day before or something that it was this, you know, I don't know, a series of interviews is what I thought it was going to be. So I was like, oh, that's going to be crap, you know. And I actually yeah. enjoyed every minute of it so much more than I thought I would. I loved yeah. it. 
Yeah, I did as well. I really loved it. And I I thought that they did it very well that you weren't getting bored with them just being asked totally. questions. Yeah. Because can you imagine how much they've been asked about those characters and the people yeah. they play over the last 20 years? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so I think it was very well done. And it was interesting to see the creators being interviewed and like mm-hmm. what it, you know, the casting and stuff was really interesting. And that like mm-hmm. Ross was basically written for David Schwimmer, which mm-hmm. was, you know, didn't know that at all. But yeah, I kind of laughed and cried and enjoyed it immensely. I know there was a lot of people kind of a bit concerned about um Matthew, Matthew Perry, Perry. right? Oh but God, yeah. I think like he had had dental surgery and stuff as well, and I think that's why he kind of his face was a bit. Oh, you know, know what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was he, a bit tough. He he was a little bit tough. I did find it yeah. a bit tough. That was the, that was the uh, only bad part it. about it. I thought yeah. as well. Yeah. But um, it obviously then gave us, you know, a lot of joy in terms of uh, Matt LeBlanc and his uh, Irish uncle uh, pose oh, and the Twitter means... alight last week and uh, two weekends ago. But oh, so, yeah. yeah, just really enjoyed it. I don't think we need to talk about it because probably everybody has seen it at this stage. But if yeah. you haven't, I would really recommend it. It was. Oh, my God. Definitely watch it. Like I, yeah. you know what as well? The, the, the two things that surprised me were just how much I enjoyed it but also watching you know when you were watching back the clips from Friends yeah. laughing out loud now I know yeah. that they probably took some of the best clips obviously from the yeah. whole series but just the way that they used to interact with each other and I suppose it's just got a little place in our hearts even though yeah, it's such a long it's... time ago or whatever mm. and even at the start I was like saying Stuart I was like you know I used to watch Friends all the time but I don't think I was obsessed with it and now I'm like yeah I must have watched every episode so every, and I remember going yeah. into school and people talking about it you know um it was pure water cooler like I even remember that totally. and I'm obviously a few years younger than you and mm. even the last episode I remember watching it clearly sitting in the pink room with loads of us watching mm-hmm. it and crying you know and they put the mm-hmm. keys back on the counters and walked out but that uh scene like the outtakes of the pivot episode pivot, pivot, pivot. So oh funny. my so funny. god it was so funny but you, you know yeah, like they were saying on black and white it's not that funny but it was so funny in yeah. with the way they did it and that did come down to their acting you know and how they totally, timed it yeah. and I suppose yeah you know uh, Matthew Perry was always my favourite friend yeah, Chan- I love Chandler I always mm. felt like he was a bit smarter than the rest of them you know yeah. obviously he was like the funniest in terms of his character was funny not yeah. just being funny and I was just shocked at how bad he looked now I had I had and I had a knowledge that he was had had some drug problems, you know, prescription drug problems and that he'd had problems over the years. But I kind of thought that for this, he might have, you know, I don't know. He just looks really bad. And yeah, there was a story he broke up with his girlfriend then several weeks later and, and that, I don't know. But um, like they were getting a million think? an episode that by the end yeah. of it, the last couple of series. You know, he was worth 80 million or something at the end of it. Yeah. And he's been through like seriously, seriously hard times. But Oh, I just hope he, oh, he's getting help. But he when needs he said that whatever, bit but... about, you know, how like he loved the laughs and if he yeah. wasn't getting laughs, like how he had... personally he yeah. took it. And, you know, that was kind of heartbreaking. But like, that's why he was so funny because he mm-hmm. literally lived for it. He lived mm-hmm. for that interaction with the audience. He did. And I read an article last weekend about it in the Sunday Times about him. And it said that it, it drew some quotes from some other articles he'd contributed in the last few years and he said that he had been on you know that program that we saw him as it was like a something to do with outer space a pilot oh yeah looked terrible yeah (laughs) so he said that he had been on the worst sitcom the worst performing sitcom of all time 
and the best performing sitcom of all time and neither of them had done for his life what they thought he thought they would. Oh, it's very sad. So that'll just yeah. show you, you know, yeah. I think he had his own demons, like you said, and he's just, he was just constantly chasing that kind of um, the laugh or the acceptance or whatever. Yeah, and no matter definitely. what amount of success it hasn't brought him that happiness, you know, so that was sad. Mm. But it was interesting, the bit about um, Jennifer Aniston and David Schwimmer. I wonder, did they make that I up? I don't know. I felt a bit cringe about that, I have to say. I think they the might have made bit. it up because everybody, yeah. of course, wants to believe that Rachel and Ross were really in love. Yeah. You know? Although they did, like in the clips that they showed yeah. that were like off Flirty screen, bit. they did pure flirty but sure like yeah. they were in their 20s and early 30s yeah. like back then, the like, sexual I mean, energy on that on that yeah, set exactly. alone yeah <laughs> yeah can't imagine and i i'm very surprised that none of them hooked up you know mm. i would be very surprised if that didn't mm. happen but um no it was a right and joyful walk down memory lane for sure but really enjoyed it so yeah if you haven't totally. seen it definitely check it out one, one of the things that uh, brought me back as well was when we were teenagers we used to call alcohol smelly cats it was our code oh name <laughs> code name for drinking uh, or drink was smelly cat when we'd be passing God, notes and yeah. stuff just shows you how what it, oh, that's so funny yeah <laughs> that was your like code word hilarious code word yeah <laughs> who's getting the smelly cats <laughs> it's oh pretty God. obvious it, actually yeah it is very it. obvious <laughs> yeah that was good with Gaga right wasn't it oh, and it was really nice good. that she said she was like thank you for kind of being the weirdo <laughs> for us all you I, know? I, I've totally fell in love with Lisa Kudrow like she is yeah. unreal isn't she she looked amazing as well she looks mm-hmm. the best out of them all I thought she, looked, she didn't look like, plastic gorgeous. like some of the others yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so and for our listeners not in Ireland um, Joey because I think some I remember somebody saying he looked like a bus driver um, elsewhere he there was like thousands of memes going around Irish Twitter of Joey like photogra- photoshopped into like really Irish um, settings yeah, like and whatnot sitting around like a tread session or sitting in the pub or at a GAA pitch like Basi- things like that yeah. basically because he looked like everybody's Irish uncle you know which I thought was fair the kind of gut and the short sleeve shirt you know yeah, yeah <laughs> but no, no it was cool it was joyful joyful yeah. It was. That was that was a great day. That was the same day as was something else on that day and it was just Irish Twitter was on fire. So mm-hmm. that was very good. And then uh, another thing I watched last week, which is a bit dark though, is um this documentary kind of remade documentary thing about the abduction, believe me, the abduction of Lisa McVeigh. So if you're looking for something very kind of I don't know, like it's true crimey. It's based on a true crime story from the eighties. Mm. Uh, it's it's quite dark and harrowing though, and it's like trending a lot on on Netflix. So I know people have been talking about it. All I would say is just like go. It's it's quite tough to watch. So mm. I don't know what I really recommend it because the acting is a bit crap as well. It's kind of a TV drama thing, mm. but the story is very interesting. So maybe like look up the story or whatever. But um that's on Netflix at the moment so if anybody wants to watch anything if you're at a loose end or whatever yeah absolutely and we watched a couple of old movies watched the King's Speech last weekend watched it in years that was such yeah that was great another great watch and uh, I couldn't remember half of it to be honest so um, Colin Firth is so good in it so yeah a few old things a few new things uh, yeah do you know what I watched no, TV I know. Moment. I watched 10 minutes of Bridget Jones' diary, the first one the other night. Oh, yes. Just 10 minutes of it. And I was like, oh my God. That's something, like, I, I wouldn't say, I'd like to watch it all again before I pass complete judgment, but I'm going to say it doesn't age well because it's, it's all about yeah. how Bridget is trying not to be herself. Yeah. 
you know it's yeah. actually kind of terrible you know she's and calling her to... fat and stuff and she's yeah. not like they're like oh she's so fat and she's always trying to lose weight and everything and, and it's, it's like, like really bad that that she's kind of you know uh, a bit a bit kind of klutzy and really bad that she smokes and it's really bad that she's yeah. fat and it's really bad that she's yeah. kooky and and it's like no <laughs> but yeah, anyway this did not age well <laughs> not really and then you're like yeah and then uh, again Colin Firth is like you know the unattainable total upper yeah. upper class you know guy that everyone mm-hmm. should aspire to be with you know and ugh, but anyway yeah. I yeah maybe watch it again. I would watch it again because I still got a few laughs out of the little bit I did watch but yeah the friends are good in it all her friends but um yeah. I love that that you know Notting Hill four weddings and a funeral that kind of yeah they were posh, also good yeah posh twenty something year olds you know it's good writing and stuff to be fair mostly but yeah. um yeah but we watched um finished Mayor of Easttown which was brilliant oh yes I did also that was very good yeah. yeah if anybody hasn't watched it that is absolutely one of the go to programs of the year and the other thing I finished was Pursuit of Love which Lily James was in. Oh yeah, Three we part. talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but we yeah. hadn't started, so that's yeah. good. Very different period drama, kind of funny, you know, kind of like a drama, but like with comedy. Mm. Um, basically about two cousins who are the same age and they kind of grow up one of, well, they're, they're kind of, again, upper, probably upper middle class or landed gentry anyway, back in the early 1900s and one of them is completely flighty and the other one is a bit more down to earth and she gets educated whereas the other one doesn't and but they're both uh, like stereotypical young girls totally like daydreaming about falling in love and men and sex and all that kind of stuff and then of course the the flighty one has all these kind of mad relationships and it takes her across Europe and the other one kind of does the sensible thing and blah 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 mm-hmm. and it's kind of the conflict but also their their love for each other and yeah it ends rather abruptly but oh. well worth watching and nice and entertaining and straightforward. Kind of like, for want of a better, uh, just, yeah, it just fits well in that sort of period drama. If you like a bit of. Mm, I, um, love, I love I love a good period drama, so I do. So I'm Yeah, and it. only three parts, you know. Yeah, so. I'm swatching. Yeah, be right good. up my street. And the acting was that. fantastic. And there's some great faces in there as well. Um, that we all know and love. Um, I can't remember his name that plays the hot priest in Fleabag. He's in it. The Irish. Who oh, is he? Andrew. Andrew. What's his name? Mac oh. something. Andrew Scott. Andrew Scott. And he plays a really similar character to the hot priest. No, to the guy to the, <laughs> in Sherlock. You know, kind of just kooky kind ah, of. Ah yes. He yeah. always kind of plays a kooky character in a way, doesn't he? But he's like their rich neighbor who is very liberal and gay when you know people weren't gay outwardly yeah. mostly um yeah really good and really Great. amazing sets and costume design and all that kind I of stuff I thought you said sex <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some, there's some sex, there is some sex in it uh Hilarious. and I'm speaking for the <laughs> speaking for the actors I hope it was amazing it looked pretty amazing <laughs> I was like, whoa, Kelly, getting straight to the point there. (laughs) There's some amazing sex in it, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Okay, so, and then the last thing I was going to mention, in case anybody's not watching it, is Motherland. Absolutely flipping. Oh, so fun. I haven't watched a new season now because 
I just watched one and two on Netflix, so mm-hmm. I haven't watched the third yet, but I loved the first two as well. It's brilliant. We are watching so the, we taped the, recorded the third series, so we're just getting through that and just laugh out loud stuff. Really good, really good. So I love it. It's so well written, that program. It's so smart, the way it's mm-hmm. done. I just love it. There's such great characters. As brilliant, well. brilliant. It's, it's season one and two on Netflix. If anybody wants to check it out, I would definitely recommend it. And you don't have to necessarily be a parent to enjoy it. You'll get all the references and all that stuff. It's very Oh, funny. totally. Because there's ca- characters in there that are parents, but are like anti-parents, you know? It's, yeah, exactly. It's funny. Yeah. And there's an... Like they're all pretty annoying in their own way. They are, but, yeah. They're not very likable one or two. No, of they're them, not. But you kind of grow to love them. <laughs> yeah, you kind of get the dynamic. And oh yeah. my god, I see myself in them sometimes in the characters, <laughs> and I'm like, you fucking nutcase! If you're like these yeah, people, yeah. you are a nutcase. You yeah. know. So um, yeah, it's good. It's funny. It's funny. So definitely recommend that as well. So there you go. There's actually loads still kicking around on the telly box. Yeah, loads. We loads of entertainment this week. We're catching up for, for last week. So. <laughs> Cool. So number three. Three. So for anyone that's not listened to the podcast for a while, Fox of the Week is where we celebrate a person who has done something fantastic that we think is worth celebrating. And this can be a, like historical characters or it could be somebody local or national or they don't necessarily have to be famous. It could be we've had authors, we've had Michael D. Higgins. And uh, yeah, so following on from our last wonderful fox, which was Iris Apfel, who was very creative in her own right, is the wonderful and legendary Frida Kahlo. So there's been... Oh yes, yes, Frida, yes. Mexico, Mexico. Yes, yep. So there's been a bit of a surge in recent years in her popularity and she's very much seen as a female art icon, but I'm not Mm. sure people know much about her. I certainly no, didn't know I a lot. I know her look and like her face is obviously, I just know big eyebrows and all that. I can picture her face, but I don't know the story very yeah. well at all. Yeah, she has the bit, the bit of the mono brow, doesn't she? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, that's literally what I'd written in my notes. You may be familiar, familiar with her image. She's usually presented wearing her dark hair wrapped in a braided crown on her head with fresh flowers in it. And mm. uh, I said she has a very robust and healthy eyebrow <laughs> that framed her face. And she's usually wearing uh, like blocks of color or patterns. Mm. So she was born Magdalena Carmen Frida Kahlo y Calderon. God bless her. Ooh. In uh, Coyoacan in 1907. And she was particularly bright and was headed for a career in medicine before a bus accident oh. caused her significant Medical problems. I think she like shattered her pelvis and broke oh legs and oh, it was horrendous. So she returned to her childhood love of art at that time. She was very politically aware and had become a member of the Mexican Communist Party where she fell in love with a man called Diego Rivera. And he was a prominent Mexican painter who became famed for his large murals. Rivera was 20 years her senior and had two common law wives, but that did not deter her. She was quite liberal, I think, when Mm. looking back at her past. So the couple married in 1929 and spent the late 20s and early 30s traveling in Mexico and the United States. During this time, she developed her artistic style, drawing her main inspiration from Mexican folk culture and painted Uh mostly small self-portraits, which mixed elements from the pre-Columbian and Catholic beliefs. During the Civil War, Kahlo was acutely aware of her Mexican identity and history. She would wear traditional indigenous Mexican peasant clothing to emphasize her mestiza ancestry. Long and colorful skirts, oh. elaborate headdresses and masses of jewelry. 
She especially favoured the dress of women from the allegedly matriarchal society of the Isthmus of Tehuntepec. I'm sure I've pronounced that oh. pronounced that completely wrong. Uh, well, the trying it. <laughs> yeah, the Tehuna outfit allowed Kahlo to express her feminist and anti-colonial ideals. So she was wow. very, very political. Um, so they lived in Detroit for a time in the 30s, but Frida did not like it much. She wrote to a friend about feeling a bit of rage against all the rich guys here, having parties mm. day and night while thousands and thousands of people are dying of hunger. Although by the sounds of things, I think she enjoyed a party herself, but maybe not just there. Um, it was it was probably the rich thing that uh, was yeah. the problem, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was a communist after all. And mm. they returned to Mexico and her husband started having an affair with her younger sister. Oh, Kahlo wow. moved out and had an affair of her own. But they got back together. Uh, although apparently they both continued to have their bits on the side. Um, she renewed her political activities, supporting uh, Republicans in the Spanish Civil War and providing refuge for the Russian leader Leon Trotsky in their home, where you guessed mm. it, Frida had an affair with him. Ah. She and Rivera divorced, eventually citing infidelities as the reason, but they remained close. Her first solo exhibition was at the Julian Levy Gallery in New York in 1938, and the exhibition was a huge success, followed by another in Paris in 1939. But when the French exhibition was less successful, the Louvre did purchase a painting from her, the frame, making her the first Mexican artist to be featured in their collection. That's pretty wow. awesome. It was, great. It was yeah. a woman too. So, I'd say exactly. I'd say even as a woman as well, there was probably very um, few of those in the Louvre at the time. <laughs> absolutely. And considering that yeah. she was supposedly second fiddle to her artist husband. If yeah, you know exactly. I mean. Yeah. So throughout the 40s, Kahlo participated in exhibitions in Mexico and the US and worked as an art teacher in 1940. She reconciled with Rivera and they remarried but they both oh, wow. continued having affairs and in mm. Frida's case with both men and women. Mm. Uh, go her, girl, enjoy go girl. your life. <laughs> yeah. Carlos' health began to decline in the same decade. The injuries she sustained in the bus crash had stayed with her her whole life and she wow. was an avid drinker, which didn't help. She was mm. wheelchair bound for some time and had a leg amputated in 1953. She suffered bouts of depression throughout her life. Despite all this, she continued to campaign for peace from her home, working once again with the Mexican Communist Party. She had her first solo exhibition in Mexico in 1953, shortly before her death in 1954, at the age of only 47. Wow, uh, her work life, is an, a serious life in that short time. Kahlo's work as an artist remained relatively unknown until the late 70s, when her work was rediscovered by art historians and political activists. By the early 90s, she had become not only a recognised figure in art history, but also regarded as an icon for Chicanos, the feminism movement and the LGBTQ plus movement. Kahlo's work has been celebrated internationally as emblematic of Mexican national and indigenous traditions and by feminists for what is seen as its uncompromising depiction of the female experience and form. Uh, there have been umpteen books, plays and films made about the woman. So if you're interested, knock your socks off. Salma Hayek starred in one in 2002. I was like, Jesus, 2000, is that nearly 20 years ago, that film? Um, mm. There's a whole industry around her now, which has been termed Frida Mania. And uh, yeah, I guess that's why we're talking about her here today. So yeah, she was pretty mm. badass. Badass. That's very cool. I didn't know. I just know her face and I know... Um, 
Jill and Jill, they always, they have her as like a portrait as well. And yeah. they're into very feminist icons and stuff like that. So I assumed, you know, she was a feminist icon, but I didn't know the story behind her. So amazing. That's yeah. really cool. And I very swear, like that is, that is like a snippet of her life. Like really? I, wow. I'd only touched on it there and I, I went into quite a bit of detail, but there was mm. reams. So if you're interested, I'd say like, sure, I hardly talked about her art at all. Like very, yeah. very interesting person and really interesting photographs of her, you know, yeah. from a time when there's, there isn't tons of photographs, but they, yeah. live, they, they, um, lived and worked and played in those circles with other yeah. artists. So there's, so they had photographers within yeah. their circles and that. Yeah. yeah. And they don't just pose for the photos. There's pictures mm. of them just going about their daily life or or playing or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, or working. So it was, yeah, mm. really cool. So interesting, interesting character. So Fox, of, interesting. Fox of the Week, Frida Kahlo, ladies and gentlemen. On to number four. Four. So this week, I thought I would tell you about... Um, Something that I had heard was a thing, but it's definitely more of a thing in, in the US than it is over here. But um, so it's called Cameo. Have you heard about it? I don't think It's a so. website and app. So um, I heard about it because I listened to a few American podcasts mm. and they have quite a big following. So they do these cameos for people. So it's your birthday. It's your mitzvah it's your uh christening day or whatever who knows wedding day and you can request that these famous people mm-hmm. send a message to you or this person yes saying you know a shout out basically okay. you know sending a message to the person yeah so one of them um, uh, a friend of a friend basically she's from the u.s so she was kind of telling us a bit about it and her husband had gotten her a video for her birthday um, of some guy from the the circle in the US because she was a big fan of the US. Oh, hilarious! And he sent her a message and all this, and then uh, anyway, started looking at it. So if you you have a it's cameo.com if you look it up. Um, if you look it up on an iPhone or a device, it usually tries to redirect you to the app. But if you mm-hmm. kind of cancel that, it will let you onto the website. Mm-hmm. So basically, there are thousands of celebrities ranging from like A to Z list as well. Mm-hmm. I might add. And you can request them to send messages to people. I think this is so kind we of actually, hilarious, actually. Yeah. So we actually did it last week for one of the girls' birthdays. Massive Buffy fan, as I also was. So we got Spike from oh, no way to send her a message. Okay. And like, even in the message, we asked, like, Could he, can you do it with a Spike? <laughs> so we actually did it in English. He's American. But he did it in the English oh, accent. Oh, my As, God. like, the character. And it was... um. So you send him the message, but bless him, like it went on for a couple of minutes and he added in his own bits and he like sang her happy birthday and everything. But it was like 41 euro. And I think it was, I probably shouldn't have said how much it is now because she listens to the podcast, but it was just a token, you know. Oh my God, that is so, that is amazing. Yeah. funny so bless James Marsden and uh sent it to Elaine our buddy and she absolutely loved it so uh oh that is hilarious 
Yeah. So the price ranges, you can get like really famous people. Like mm. they go up like three, four, five, like up to a few grand if you want to. Like Chuck Norris is on there and loads of sporting people are on there. And, um, you <laughs> know, there's kind of more. that Chuck Norris is on there. I know. People. <laughs> but like Chuck Norris, like he's still like quite a big celebrity. And I think people would love that. And so many people love Chuck Norris. Oh, I love it. Um, lots of reality TV people, you know, loads. And, and not really many like Irish or UK people. It's mostly the US. So you. US, so can like we pay someone to say stuff. I listened to the Fox First Five podcast you yeah, listen probably. to oh my yeah. god that's hilarious <laughs> so uh, have a look I it was funny because I showed Jer the video that we had done for her and uh, he started looking up the website then and like, you could spend hours just looking mm. at all these people and what they're charging and like they show an example of the messages that they send you know so like, you're seeing all these celebrities being like hello Joe it's your birthday today and Mary wants to wish you a happy birthday and blah 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 so you could actually genuinely spend hours hey, looking at all these celebs. looks at notes, Gubnet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, in our message, we actually said uh, Kuiperinias, because it was kind of our thing from holidays a few years ago. The poor man could not say Kuiperinias for the love of him. He's like, it's like, I can't say this word. But anyway, there's this drink. It was like, oh, no. So oh, bless him. But it was really nice. And like, you know, it's just a token. And, you know, you could definitely spend the big bucks if you really wanted somebody mm. really famous. If, if I, someone was a big fan. I think of somebody, my friend you know. got her husband, John Barnes, sending a message. I'm not sure it was through that cameo thing. But last year yeah, for maybe. his birthday. Yeah, so it's been around for a few years, so it probably was. I had that. heard of it, and like initially, I think people were like, "Oh God, they're so desperate." The st- these stars for money, doing this—you know—it's all people are desperate yeah. and have no money. But actually, I think mo- loads of people are doing it now, aren't they? Um, yeah, loads. It is. A, look, it's a little bit cringe, all right, because it's like, oh, you know, they are literally flogging these messages for money, but. In the middle of the pandemic and all that, it's not like they're all mm-hmm. working. So you know, if it's if it's just at the same time, like forty forty quid for probably two minutes work, like you know, yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't do that? Like yeah, loads of money. You have to press and, like, record to fair, on your phone. Was, That's it. Yeah, and he was very reasonable. Like some of them, like people I barely know, are like three or four hundred quid. You know, but obviously there are certain niche, someone, like if they're an NFL player, yeah, or a coach someone or knows something. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Sure. But um brilliant little gifts I think it's gas altogether so I kind of was like half thinking of not doing it on here just because it's kind of a nice gift to surprise somebody with and now they'll nearly expect it because we spoke about it but um yeah go and have a look honestly hours of entertainment just seeing what people are charging and what way they're sending the messages and like some of the example messages oh my god like well properly cringe you know so a bit of entertainment there in itself anyway yeah, but check it out. Yeah, it's a good uh, and, and really good present. So for anybody who's not listening, now they should be listening, obviously. If you want to get anybody a present in the next six months, very handy little present as yeah. well. So cool, definitely. Cool, cool, cool. It's a bit like OnlyFans, isn't it? That OnlyFans, which is slightly more maybe adult content. But you kind of yeah. pay, pay directly to someone for a service. Somebody, you know what I mean? Yeah, so. exactly, yeah. But... Cool. Um, so there is an app, like I said, or just check out the website. It's probably easier to see it. And like if you're on a phone, it just try to open the app, but just cancel that and you can work away on the website then. But it's it's worth the look for sure. The only thing is actually when they send the video, you do have to download the app to watch it. Oh, so okay. yeah, that's the only thing. But, cool, yeah. check it out. Good, Good present yeah. suggestion there. Cool. Okay, yeah. number five. Five. So on our music news this week, I have two little bits of news. Um, This is wonderful, wonderful news. The first pilot outdoor gigs Yay. start this week. Yes. Oh, 
James Vincent uh, McMorrow, is it? One of them? Yes, James Vincent <laughs> McMorrow is playing on the 10th, which is a couple of nights' time. He'll play the Ivy Gardens for an audience right. of 500 real people. Yay. Um, and then that will be followed by a number of sporting events with spectators. Uh, and on the 23rd of June, we have the first indoor event, which is due to take place in UL Concert Hall. It's an opera. And then on the 25th of June, an outdoor music festival with, wait for it, 3,500 attendees is due to take yeah, place in Phoenix Park. playing at it. Yeah, I don't know. There's no talk. It's I don't really know what the weird. details are. Maybe they've pushed it back now, but it was supposed to happen on the 25th of June uh, and that'll be fully seated. But also, there's due to be a gig in the INEC in Killarney. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. So hopefully that'll come true as well. Uh, the government will use all these events to assess what arrangements and protective measures are needed to allow these types of events to return. So things like physical issues with queuing or social distancing yeah and the venues would be selling the tickets so uh watch the space yeah so i saw that they're um that james vincent mcmurray one i think they're all getting antigen tests they're being sent out okay. antigen tests in advance of it mm. so very interesting oh my god it's very positive but i'm dying to know who's doing this one in dublin not that we get it i'd say gold but doesn't know <laughs> it's a bit like glastonbury people will buy the tickets even if they didn't know who was playing you know what of i mean of course like, they will yeah so absolutely but, but they only announced him like a few days ago and opened the ticket so it's very last minute they're probably doing that on purpose you know maybe like just that it's the week before that they're announcing it or whatever mm, mm. but because um i don't know why but they did that with james vincent McMorrow. they literally said it last wednesday the tickets are on sale mm-hmm. two days later mm-hmm. so um, but it's great news yay amazing. great news yeah I heard him on the radio he was so delighted with himself James mm. Winsor it's almost historical yeah I you like know. him yeah. um, so the other bit of news is tying with our first piece we did today um, Elton John and Charlie Theron are among AIDS campaigners to have written to Boris Johnson asking for help in combating AIDS and by bringing it to attention at the G7 summit the letter says COVID-19 crisis has shut down HIV prevention and treatment services in many countries literally overnight. It's cut off millions of girls from school and driven up poverty, gender-based violence and human rights violations. All of these factors increase people's risks of acquiring HIV or developing AIDS. Already we've seen a steep increase in rates of adolescent pregnancy, which we know will mean a surge in HIV infections too. And they basically asked them to address it at the G7 summit. And it concludes the eyes of the world prime minister are on the UK Mm. and on you. And I'll put a link there in our show notes as well. So you can read the full thing. It's quite a long letter. But um, yeah, it's good to draw attention to the fact that there's this knock on effect from COVID in so many ways and so many places and so many charities and on so many other health conditions. So it's good to be aware of those things too. So there you go. Very the music. I've seen um, a few kind of vocal, you know, people who, who are members of the LGBTQ plus and um, TQ plus um, group that they're talking about like HIV and normalizing conversations around HIV. And mm-hmm. I thought it was mad when things was like, don't ask someone how they got HIV. Why would somebody ask somebody how they got HIV? Ugh. It's just crazy. So it's a big pure thing at the moment. I've seen loads of stuff about it um, because of obviously June being Pride Month and all that. Mm-hmm. But like some of the stuff, like some people are so silly, aren't they? Like oh, that they God. would ask oh, somebody God. straight out, oh, tell us your story about how you, you know, got HIV. Yeah, like it's, and, like it's supposed to be common knowledge. Like you wouldn't ask. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, there's no accounting yeah, for yeah. 
cop on you know yeah <laughs> but like the more people talk about these things and obviously a lot more like people have come out to say they had it like obviously Jonathan Van Ness and Billy Porter are two kind of big you know people very famous people that would have mm-hmm. come out in the last kind of year to say that they had HIV and, and it's trying to like normal it's like remove the stigma around it and have more conversations around it and all that and that's all kind of part of the same kind of much like know, any talk. other you know disease or illness that yeah. you can live with now you know, mm. it's not the death sentence that it was, the retrovirals, you know, keep it at bay yeah. and actually can mm. make people um, non-infectious. Yeah, exactly. It's unbelievable. Live, it's unbelievable. Live a normal life when yeah. you're taking the medication, you know. But um, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. There's a lot of conversation mm. around it at the moment, as there should be. So hopefully some change is coming there. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I, I had some, I have some not great news on the pot plant front. Um, oh of, my God. I, don't already. follow up the conversation with pot plants. <laughs> my, my new babies. I'm going to see. My new oh babies, God. Nicola. My new babies. They uh, died. <laughs> one of them is thriving. Thriving. The other oh, one, right, okay. I have conspiracy theory that it came into the house ill, but um, <laughs> we're just not sure if we oh. sort of looked after it inappropriately the first few days and that actually mm. is what's um knocked knocked the good out of it but i'd say we're at it's 50 50 at the moment whether it'll survive. don't water it put it outside or something or near the sunlight put it outside. Don't, don't, don't water it but not outside but put it near the sun and, and stop watering it. i'm working <laughs> on it i'm working on it but um or change the pot as well Sometimes i did that, like that now. i did that during the week yeah, yeah. so I'm hoping that's going to bring a revitalization. So just thought, just in case the listeners were wondering. Other, other ones sure grand. Very, very. I'm sure everyone was dying to hear about it. Dying to hear about it. Yeah. 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 So that's my, uh, <laughs> my thing for next weekend is getting my, uh, my pot plants slash garden plants sorted out because I've been neglecting them a bit mm. recently. But yeah, fierce exciting stuff. Uh, won't be doing anything social for another couple of weeks, I think. But uh, hopefully be vaccinated by then. So all good in the hood we kind of socialized enough last weekend anyway for about half a year but um yeah yeah absolutely i agree with you but the weather is supposed to be glorious this weekend so start planning your weekends people if you want to go to the pub you plan that trip to the pub yeah yeah okay it depends you know summer like in cork a lot of places are doing walking all right but you know if you know the summer the sun is going to be out it might be a nice day to meet up with friends in a beer garden True but, uh, now that we have the options to do that but it is supposed to be lovely so i hope everybody is planning barbecues and to be outside and trips to the beach and it might be the only summer we get so let's make the most of it <laughs> and just remember when you're meeting up with those people you haven't seen in ages to mention the fantastic podcast you've been listening yes, to yes absolutely Fox Force Five. a few people did message last week to say that they did miss the podcast oh. and they were they'd sent notifications for it and they were like where's the podcast and checking spotify and itunes and that <laughs> so Thank you so much for the support. It's really, really appreciated. It was really lovely to see people missed us for last week. So do please give us a, you know, share with your friends and tell them to check us out. And we're not going anywhere for the moment. Well, Kelly's yeah. going to Scotland, but we're going to keep it up. So but the podcast ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yes, we back, bitches. We back. So yeah, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff. Tell a friend, phone a friend, whatever you like. And we'll be back again next week. Five things you need to know. Take care and bye-bye.